All right, you ready to run this puppy over? I am ready to run this puppy over. You recording on your end? Yeah, I've been for like 10 minutes. All right, so have I. I got about 11 and a half minutes there already. <laughs> All right. Give me plenty to cut out. Oh, yes. Here we go. Welcome back to Dad's Meat World. I am Dad number one this week, welcoming you into your weekly dose of Corey, Sean, Topanga. And this week, I think Corey's got some mono. I think Dad number two gave it to him. Dad number two, who are you? My name is Tyler. I don't, I've never had mono, never will have mono. That's my official stance. <laughs> you know, I've never had mono either. There was, there was a time in high school where I, was, I wasn't I was really fearful I'd get it because I was homeschooled, as mentioned many times on this podcast. But I've never had it. And it was, it was the thing in the 90s that was, you know, it was the kissing disease. The kissing but... disease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how are you doing this week, Tyler? I'm doing pretty good. I uh, got a puppy dog sitting right beside me, just chilling. Um, we just finished up school last week as of recording. Uh, I'm driving school bus for summer school, so that's been fun. <laughs> um, I have this little mini bus that I'm driving. I'm going on like dirt roads and I have like a lift in the back. And so that's been really fun listening to that as it bounces back around on <laughs> our dirt road. So, you know, fun times all around. Sounds like fun. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh Grayson finished up kindergarten, so the wife and I <laughs> that was really the wrong woo. <laughs> The wife and I had slight, you know, little breakdown of, oh my gosh, our little guy's getting big. And they didn't do a kindergarten graduation, which is ridiculous, and I'm still upset about it. <laughs> uh, you should take it up with the PTA or the PTO. Yes, PTO. Well, luckily, I know someone on the PTO. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know. Oh, well. How are you, Brett? What's new with you? Oh, I am recovering from uh, exhaustion. Uh, last week I spent most of the week running and running and running like a constipated wiener dog at uh, the annual conference. So I was up from dawn till well past dusk taking photographs, editing video, uh, monitoring social media, and about nine other uh, tasks each day. Nice. And, uh, and so... Uh, so that was uh, my Tuesday through Saturday. And then on Friday, I get a phone call and uh, Kelly informs me because Toby has gone on a mission trip all this week down uh-huh. in Florence, South Carolina. And so we knew he was getting ready for it. He had to leave at like 530 in the morning on Sunday. And uh, we had been on a few waiting lists for camp for Asher he had never been to a summer camp before. Well, she got an email on like Thursday night 
welcome him to a camp. (laughs) (laughs) So he's off at camp this week, and uh, we just dropped him off on Monday morning. And (laughs) so (laughs) nice. he's never been to summer camp before, about to enter fourth grade. And, you know, he wasn't sure what to make of it, but he was very excited. And he'll have a good time. Oh, yeah. He's having we've seen a few pictures already. He's having a blast they already did their turn your counselor into a sunday on the first day so nice they are having a great day it's tuesday when we're recording and uh he's having a blast that we can see so far and (laughs) it's literally just you kelly the animals and the quiet one exactly it's (laughs) almost like there's no kids there (laughs) i i know it is so quiet It really is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very so nice. it's well, very congratulations here. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So it's very quiet here on the homestead. Well, you could force your other child to go somewhere else. You don't have to think about anyone else being there. We're working on it. We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> We've already tried to make her make aunt, plans. Your uncles, grandparents. Well, she's got a good. Her her bestie is already uh, given a couple of days this week that they can get together and do stuff so <laughs> should we get to that synopsis i think we should uh, before i get sneezed on and uh, catch some mono over here today we're going to take a look at episode 18 of season two by hook or by crook not on the other side of the tracks <laughs> No, not on the other side of the tracks, which Tyler will be very prepared for next week. Good looking people. Now, in this episode, a pretty history tutor helps Eric cheat on a test because she finds him to be attractive. Corey, meanwhile, tells Topanga he had mono from kissing another girl. This episode was written by Jeff Minnell, directed by David Trainer, originally aired on February 17th, 1995, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 7.8. Now, let's take a look at our new favorite game sensation that is sweeping the nation. Vast emotional damage. So, Tyler, our previous episode had a Nielsen rating of 18.8. Good looking people, that's 18.8 million people that tuned in for the premiere of our last episode, which was, uh, what was it, 17, I believe that was, uh, that was not an episode that Tyler enjoyed. <laughs> what episode was that? Uh, 17 is on the air. <laughs> Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, Tyler, with uh, previously on the air having 18.8 million, what do you think by hook or by crook had for a Nielsen rating, middle of February? You know what? Let's go with uh, 20. Jump up to 20. You have lost the prices right. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Oh, it's not the right one that I was thinking of, but that works. 
I must have taken it off the board. I had the sad trump or the I used to have the prices right sound effect on there. No, 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 the one that you get when you lose. <laughs> it was only seventeen point seven million. Yeah, little, I figured I had a feeling, gut feeling it was gonna be lower, but I like this one more than the last one, so I wanted to go higher. Yes. Well, let's dive right in. Uh, we're going to start out in the Matthews Kitchen. Jason and Eric. We're getting Jason back this week. Get some good stuff there already. Yeah. Jason, like, right off the bat in this episode, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, he and Eric are coming into the kitchen table. They are planning a uh, trip to Europe for the summer, and I, I'm interested in some of the book titles that they're using to plan their vacation. Europe on a student's budget, backpacking your way through Italy. Nude beaches on $5 a day. <laughs> you know, where would you put the $5? The first couple are all right. Nude beaches on $5 a day. I'm not really uh, keen on a nude beach. <laughs> No, no. I I can't say I'd be keen on my high school sophomore going to a nude beach halfway around the world either. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I don't even think we want to get into it, but just the the there's nothing about that that is. Yeah, let's just let's yeah let's just. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So let's move past the uncomfortable topic. But there is another book that Alan says Eric needs to read up on. Oh, Eric, you know, there's a new book out on Europe that you may have missed. It's called Nobody's Going to Europe If Their Grades Don't Come Up. Oh, I read that one. I couldn't put it down. So, uh, how's it end? Well, it's not clear. You see, the main character's parents just got a note from his teacher, Mr. Feeney, that says he's not doing so well in European history. But see, Dad, that's why I'm not doing well, because I don't have any hands-on European experience, you know? That's why we're going to Europe, to get our hands on something. <laughs> Eric, if I don't see a B average, you're going to be touring the continent from behind your summer school desk. Okay, a B average. See, that's not a problem. So what do I need for that? Like, uh, bees? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see some of those, and also some of those little letters that look like TPs. A's. Oh. <laughs> Okay, just hold on a moment. Just okay. <laughs> this is I get this is episode has the episode, mm -hmm. but you're telling me that Amy and Alan are okay with Eric going to Europe. From what we can tell, it's not a school trip. No, it's just the two of them going to Europe by themselves. With no one else there. Yeah. Like, I know they mentioned that uh, Amy wanted to go to Paris and Alan promised and yada yada and that's going to happen. But like, it it would it would legitimately be one thing if they were actually taking a European studies class and there is an actual trip that they can pay for to go on to where every day they will travel to a new city new country yada yada you know in an extensive actual program but this literally just feels like it's just them wanting to go to europe to go to europe which mm -hmm. 
as we know, and maybe some <laughs> of our dear younger viewers don't know, Europe is a really big place. You can't tackle that within three days like they may think they can, or maybe some of these writers think you can. But yeah, this is a hardcore episode has to episode and an evil Knievel leap in logic that I don't know if I can really get behind of Alan and Amy allowing their maybe 17 year old to go to another continent. It is a leap, especially considering Eric was just one or two episodes previously sitting at home, unable to date because his allowance was not permitting him to. And this would be a sizable financial commitment. Um, yeah, I mean, Eric and Amy did backpack through Europe, but I'm also assuming they were older than Eric as well. Um, and perhaps even... If you want to head canon, they're putting such a high uh, expectation on Eric because they anticipate him not being able to. Uh, you can head canon that. I personally don't because that kind of undercuts their their story. But yes, it's definitely an episode got an episode. It's definitely uh, buying into the zeitgeist in the '90s of teenagers going on a European trip. Um. It's Jeff Minnell doing a little bit of just trying to reach for something, some big thing that Eric wants to do. It would have been better for him to pull in maybe a cross-country road trip that would have been a little more, a little more believable. But, well, okay, yes. I, I would even argue that... This is one of those deals where they made with him of, hey, for the next two years, if you have good grades, we'll pay for you to go to Europe. Mm -hmm. That I can believe like a, hey, we graduated from high school. We're going to Europe before we go off to school. That makes sense. Now, also, Eric traveling around the country also makes sense. Mm -hmm. But it's... <laughs> This is literally just a only time we're going to hear about a potential Europe trip, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely so, episodes got an episode. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll put that aside. We'll move on. We're coming into the school in Mr. Turner's classroom. Sean is informing Topanga that Corey's out sick. Well, how sick? He's out sick on film strip day in sex ed. Oh, dear. That is sick. Yeah. Now, this is the same young man who just uh, last year around this time was uh, making fart jokes during uh, <laughs> the puberty uh, video. Uh, so, yes, he was. Things have, things, things have really changed. From his teenager. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, I just I did notice that Corey was kind of. Uh, sounded kind of froggy last episode so perhaps even they they wrote in a little bit of a, 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 a perhaps they even wrote in this story plot for him but oh brett your I know. naivety perhaps, perhaps giving the writers <laughs> a little too much credit but still yeah, no. <laughs> hey, he's he's only in two scenes the entire episode, and he's the focus of the show. <laughs> I know, but anyway. I guess this is a good point to get to. This is really an Eric centric episode. It is. Eric is the focus of this entire of this entire yeah. episode, and he carries it well. 
Yeah, he does. And yeah. I, I have to say, just I, I could watch all of the Eric-led episodes, like one right after the other, and have a good time because they always put uh, Corey in these weird kind of situations of like <laughs> justifying why the story isn't about him. Mm -hmm. This is just a way to give uh, – Ben, I almost said Ben Savage, Ben Savage, <laughs> uh, kind of a break and, you know, breathe a little bit. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, as you progress, like him actually going to do classes and whatnot and, and take finals. But, you know, just anytime you have an Eric Central episode, there's always something important that he's doing. And Corey just has these really weird scenes, but they also are, <laughs> are still pushing his character along. I mean, my favorite is <laughs> in season four when he's avoiding Sean because Sean has chicken pox <laughs> and he doesn't want to get it. <laughs> I just watched that one the other day. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a classic. It is. So, yeah, uh, just another it's this is the first in many of uh, Eric centric centralized episodes and everyone does a great job there's no way around it they do so mr turner comes in uh he took the bus and his he doesn't have the students uh test scores because his bag was switched with the woman with the screaming twins and now he has two leaky bottles of milk <laughs> yeah i I've never switched uh, bags with anybody on a, a bus. I don't know about you, Brett, but uh, no, it's, it's not hard <laughs> to keep track of your own stuff. You just leave it in your lap. I've never known a, a woman with twins to have a diaper bag that looked like my camera bag or my satchel. So <laughs> I'm, I'm putting a little bit of episodes. Got an episode on Mr. Turner's uh, bag there. So. <laughs> I mean, you've seen the fancy ones, Brett. Maybe uh, it could be slightly confusing. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but plot point there, he had to ride the bus because someone misjudged the size of the entire street, <laughs> backed up his okay. motorcycle. <laughs> okay, again... Okay, uh, also, two words. Uncle Mike. Sorry, need more, more words. Oh, oh well, hold, hold on there. Hold on there. Here's what I got for you. Two words. Uncle Mike's. I'm going to need more words. Uncle Mike's motorcycle repair shop. You're Uncle Mike. Just thought I'd mention it. You can think about it tomorrow on the bus. I'll just be... Leaving a business card. Lucky Leo's bail bonds and prosthetics. One way or another, we get you on your feet. Sorry. Wrong uncle. I love Uncle Mike. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really good to see that Sean is, has an interest in the family and that he's helping out the family here. And he's trying to help Mr. Turner out. Not just by trying to give him room to grieve and helping the class leave, but by, you know, trying to get him a good deal on a bike, on the bike repair. So we'll jump over to Mr. Feeney's class. We've got uh, some French Revolution uh, test exams going to be coming up. Uh, excuse me. Uh, will we have to know who won? <laughs> yes, you will need to know who won and by how much. <laughs> <laughs> Sassy Feeny. Always one of my Ooh. favorite Feenies. 
Um, okay, so just real quick, I want to go back for a moment <laughs> because this is another episode. That's the episode leap in logic of Turner take the bus because he didn't have a choice because you know bike is damaged. I get that. Turner has insurance, right? I'd hope so. One would assume. So yeah. even if like he didn't see it, maybe, I don't know from the way it sounds, if like he knew what happened, but they didn't see the guy who did it. But like he had to have been able to get a claim for it. Oh, here's the thing. I, I will I will roll with this episode's got an episode for this reason. Turner clearly saw what happened because he describes it as someone ran into his bike and then backed over it or backed up. So he saw what happened. Now, good looking people, I don't know if you've ever had to deal with auto insurance, <laughs> but even if you have uninsured or underinsured motorists, dealing with insurance companies can be a pain. Uh, I was once in an accident that I was not at fault for. I was in the right of way on a one lane bridge that was icy. A gentleman who I discovered later was driving his father's truck decided to pull up at the other end of the bridge, blocking my way. The ice prevented me from being able to stop in time and my car, which was much smaller, rolled up underneath his truck. This is at the top of a hill. He backed up. My car, when it rolled up underneath, dislodged a battery cable. My car died instantly. And since we're at the top of a hill, my car started rolling as soon as he backed up. Cars were moved from the point of impact. The three or four witnesses who were there when it happened left the scene. No one stuck around. Police officers were called. They showed up. They took, uh, they, they took our reports. He did not claim responsibility. Of course not. I was fully insured. His, he was insured. His insurance company was a bigger insurance company than my insurance company. The police uh, officer called me the next day, the next morning, to ask me which direction I was heading, just for the report for full disclosure, or for, uh, I don't know why. I got a copy of the report. Good-looking people, the report listed us both heading the same direction for a head-on collision, which is impossible. If we're both heading the same direction, we can't collide head on. And since both vehicles were moved because he moved and my car rolled because I'm at the top of a hill and my car was dead and I didn't have an emergency brake on, they couldn't cite anyone because they had no one claiming responsibility and the cars were moved from the point of impact, even though the point of impact was the far end of the bridge where I clearly had the right of way. <laughs> And when his insurance adjuster came out, he uh, assessed the damages of to my car at about $2,000 without opening the hood to see what the damage was inside. And the damage to his car was $90 because I knocked off a fog lamp. Well, the insurance companies decided since no one was cited, they would each pay 50%. I would get about $1,000 and he would get 45. And then my insurance company would charge me an extra $50 a month for my rates. So good looking people, even if you are insured and even if you have underinsured and uninsured coverage, your insurance can still be a nightmare to work with. And Mr. Turner could still be dealing with a lot of a mess 
if he even had that person's insurance information. So I can buy this. (laughs) That's fair. My only real thought was like, not saying that Uncle Mike's uh, repair shop isn't sketchy, but like the fact that he's going forward with getting it fixed, like within a day or two of the accident, feels off to me. It's also very likely that going through an insurance claim is going to take him three or four weeks to get into the shop and get the bike fixed. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I don't yeah. doubt that, Brett. <laughs> Just saying. I don't doubt it. But also, Turner should have a backup plan. <laughs> Anything would ever happen to his bike. <laughs> and he clearly didn't. <laughs> so. Uncle Mike's. <laughs> what? Uncle Mike's. That's the backup plan. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Yes. We we have our two storylines. Our two, story our yes, two real storylines of Eric uh, has grade problems and he's trying to take it more serious and ask the real questions like, will we need to know who won on the test? <laughs> yes. And, and by how much? He needs to get his bike fixed out so that way he can drive his bike or sorry, ride his bike again i'm sorry bike people i'm really sorry (laughs) yes so eric and jason have a scheme as c plus students they've never experienced a b they want mr feeney to give them both b's on the next couple tests so that they'll experience them and they'll be encouraged to do better and so mr feeney has some thoughts on this plan Uh aha then why don't we give elephants pants Perhaps then they'd be inspired to buy coats. <laughs> Let's go. Gentlemen, I have a radical idea of my own. Let's say for the next test or two, you both study very, very hard. And your better grades will then be deserved. But see, Mr. Feeney, if we don't get a B, we can't go to Europe. Are you serious about raising your grades? Yeah. Because if you are... I might recommend a senior teaching assistant. You mean like a tutor? Uh-huh. And so there we go. Mr. Feeney's going to set them up with a tutor. And, uh, you know, I clipped it, but I can't find it for some reason. But uh, maybe you've got the script open there. But Eric has a really, really clear definition of what a tutor is. Uh, yes, a four-eyed, greasy-haired, zit-faced life support system for a book. (laughs) Hi, I'm Toy Hart. Ah, yes. If I knew anything, would I need a tutor? (laughs) Ah, yes, Eric. Uh, Can I just say, if they are going to ask this request... They need to invite him out to brunch. They need to get all of the, the, the cheese for the omelets. Like, they need to work on their pitch game because they don't have it right now. now. Clearly, Jason and Eric are not as well practiced at at scheming as Corey and Sean are. <laughs> it's really true, and it is a little disappointing that like that Eric is just dumb right now. Like, I know people say, well, Eric is really dumb as the show progresses. No, I think Eric kind of stays in the dumb zone. He just gets more fun with his dumb and more ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Because, like, right now, like, he is just dumb to be dumb. And that's it. 
Yeah. Uh, he's At just lazy. He's uh, Mr. Feeney's got it. He's lazy. He just wants to catch Mr. Feeney in a good mood. Right. He doesn't think through trying to schmooze him. Yes. We do get to our first uh, Corey scene. Yes. And uh, Topanga's bringing him his homework. Earth, science, algebra, English, shop. He's supposed to make something with that piece of wood. It's a shelf. <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> I've taken shop classes. You don't get homework in shop. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> but credit to him. He at least yeah. tried. It was now, funny. I will say <laughs> that they that shop classes do have books. And mm-hmm. so if he would have gotten a book that would have said, read this so that way you don't fall behind, that does make sense. <laughs> Sometimes it is good to read how to do a thing. Yes, very much so. You don't lose a finger. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I like I like their little interaction here. Uh, I, I clipped a clipped some of it. You have mono, as in the kissing disease. I believe that's the one. <laughs> Corey Matthews, who have you kissed? I I I feel so lightheaded. <laughs> Topanga, is that you? Cut that out. <laughs> Must sleep. Don't know for how long. Auntie M. Auntie M. This is not over. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. That was fun. Like, okay. Here's what I'm going to say. I understand in the past they've kissed. I understand the past they've done. They've gone on dates, you know, all that jazz. They've been boyfriend, girlfriend like-ish. This is the first real step towards them actually talking about feelings and actually showing that they can go in that direction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this, this, this is the first time we see some, I'll call it possessiveness mm-hmm. because there's, you know, up to this point, like you said, there's, there's been kissing, there's been relationship like stuff, but this is the first time there seems to be any investment. Yes, there's concern of potentially Core actually kissing a girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, if she's been around, she would know that he has kissed other girls, but... Yeah, she's been conveniently absent when he's been kissing other girls. Yeah, isn't that the case? <laughs> Although, I gotta say that potentially him being in a relationship with Wendy could have triggered something in Topanga. Very possible. She could you have know. seen, hey, he might be ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corey Matthews, who have you been kissing? Did you notice that he was wearing a 76ers shirt? I did notice that. I'm going to clock all the Philadelphia paraphernalia. <laughs> I just, I mean, at this point, it's just like a shirt, a jersey. That's it. They never really talk, talk about it. I'm still going to clock it. And uh, then we're going to go back to uh, Tori, Mistress Tori and Jason. By the way, Tori Hart, played by Terry Ivins. Uh, it's the only time we're going to see her on Boy Meets World. 53 acting credits to her name. She is still active uh, in Hollywood, has an upcoming uh, project. Saw her in Doogie Howser, Coach, Baywatch. <laughs> uh, I, I typed Batwatch. Uh, Melrose Place, Married with Children. I had a long stint on All My Children, if you're a soap opera fan. The Last Exorcist, The Bay, and 
a lot more. But uh, she is not getting along well with Jason once a cogent discussion on the excess of monarchy that led to the revolution. But uh, with Eric, it's a little less formal. We get uh, a little bit... uh, more friendly. My attitude about history has always been, it's done, it's over, let's move on. Eric, I've looked at some of your essays, and I must say you have an interesting style. Well, thank you. When you're writing about history, you never seem to be too concerned with names, dates, and what actually happened. It's done, it's over, let's move on. It's just beginning, it's far from over. So let's move on to someplace more comfortable. Okay. Someplace more comfortable. Now, I don't know about you, Brett, but I I have been tutored and I've done tutor-like things. But I don't know if uh, actual high school tutors have access to, say, people's test scores and test responses and everything. Uh, So that's kind of weird. Not typically, but Mr. Feeney did describe her as a senior teaching assistant at first. So she's probably not just a regular tutor. I'm not sure how that plays out in the Philadelphia school system, but I did clock that he did not just describe her as a tutor. Right. Well, I mean, I know like, TAs in college and GAs mm-hmm. in college would actually grade tests and and go oh, through yes. papers and whatnot. Um, quite often, they would take a pass through and then they would inform professor of what scores were. Sometimes they check them themselves. A lot of times they didn't. Um, mm-hmm. But you know that's not that unreasonable. And I had many times where grad student would be like okay here's your paper here's what you did let's talk about how you can do it better next time um and you know potentially i guess feeney could have given a copy of an old test and said hey this is the level that they're working on you Mm -hmm. know how can you help them yep and it's it's possible it could be episodes gonna episode it could be a very possible real thing that they're dealing with but if mm-hmm. she is a senior teaching assistant, Eric's dating a senior. You know, he was dating a senior before. Her name was Linda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So they're going to go someplace more comfortable. We're going to go with Mr. Turner. No, no. Let's not go past this, Brett. I will never get over Linda. I won't. I shall not. It's not going to happen. I know. I miss Linda, too. I Uh, like her. (laughs) Yeah. I do, too. I like her. How <laughs> come? How come? How come? How come? How come? So we uh, head over to Uncle Mike's shop, and uh, we get to see Uncle Mike again. He, we last saw him as the delivery man in Sister Tony. Teresa. Yeah, Tony. Now he's Uncle Mike, and we'll see him again as Uncle Mike one more time. Yeah. Mr. Turner's coming in. Um, Uncle Mike's kind of evasive. 
His customer service skills are kind of <laughs> lacking. <laughs> Do you have any of their interactions? I, I didn't clip any of their interactions. That's okay. Well, not, just, not here at the beginning anyway. Dear viewers, if you haven't watched the episode, <laughs> you got to listen to just this the man's delivery of everything. and just It's, it's beautiful. It is it's pure gold. And it's... It, 50% of it is visual because it's eye, it's forehead and eyebrows. And uh, I, I do have a little bit later on, but he's very evasive. You're wearing a wire. <laughs> it's very Why much. Why you come here? <laughs> to get my bike fixed. <laughs> so, it's a bike shop. Yeah. <laughs> Mind if I pat you down? <laughs> No, without dinner first. <laughs> I I do love that Sean pops in, and you could tell that Sean apparently works at Uncle yes, Mike's. Uh, he's got some grease on him. He's he's learning a trade. I like that. Yeah, this yeah. doesn't come back ever. It should, but you know, I know it's that's disappointing. It was so great. It is well okay. Last season, we we learned that he wants to get into the car fixing business. Mm -hmm. He is now fixing motorcycles. Why couldn't Sean not become a greaser, but like, you know, had an interest outside of just girls and actually pursue that. And you see him mm -hmm. in like shop classes and like he has an interest outside of just, you know, not doing anything. <sighs> because then we'd have to get into continuity. That's true. But, I mean, Sean really does feel like the type of guy who would be spacey during class, but you put him in a, an environment where he has to use his hands, and all of a sudden he's a servant and knows, you know, mm -hmm. he gets really curious about, oh, well, this goes here and this does this, and, you know, and all the ways that all these things work together, that, that feels right for a character like Sean. It does. He looks, it looks like he's at home at, yeah. at Uncle Mike's, you know? It, he looks happy in the shop. He does. <laughs> he never looks happy at school, but he looks happy and excited and full of energy. Yeah, he does. At the shop. Yeah, and he wants Uncle Mike to take care of Mr. Turner. Like family. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Although, something is said here that I think is very, very important. Because Uncle Mike says, oh, I miss your mother. If only she could see you now. And he goes, she is alive. He goes, oh, yeah, I have to give her a call. Now, <laughs> technically, he could be talking about Verna. And just they don't really talk all that much. So every now and then it's been a while. Yada, yada. I think in that moment, though, he forgot what the ruse is. Hmm? And because my uncle Mike would know that Sean's real mom was a stripper. Sorry, uh, spoilers to the future, um, <laughs> you know, of her being a dancer and that she passed away and that Verna raised him, but was not his biological mother. And so for Sean, it's like, yeah, my mom is alive. Like, oh, yeah. I should so call I think her. Yeah, I, I I know it's not. I I get that it's not, but in my head canon, <laughs> you know, adults can only do the rouge for so long before they forget. Oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to say that. Now who's giving the writers more credit? <laughs> oh, there's there's no real credit. It, this is me putting in the gaps. <laughs> well, they take a look at the bike. 
Woofa. And uh, about 300 bucks, you know. Brett, <laughs> have you ever gotten anything worked on and went, oh, 300 bucks? We went from not being able to drive it at all to $300 and everything is fine. Today, no. 1995, maybe. Oh, fair. Maybe. I guess I should look at the... <laughs> I'll, I I'll, guess I'll if say I maybe. look at I, I have not inflation. ever had to... I've not ever had to have a motorcycle repaired that had been hit in 1995 so i don't know what kind of damage it was we never saw the damaged bike on screen we saw the restored bike on screen right but uh so you know, i had, and he just eyeballed it too so i mean i don't know but either way that's the number they set sean's a scholar of the family and uh you know they're gonna take care of him so then we go to like see family. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we uh, we transitioned. Tori and Eric decided to go to Chubby's for someplace more comfortable. And she is hitting on him quite aggressively. Um, and he finally picks up on it. And uh, she just wants to give him the test answers so that she and him can do other things with their time together. If you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And uh, there is our dilemma for young Mr. Matthews. Mr. Eric Matthews. Sorry, I was just looking up inflation real quick. And I <laughs> guess. Okay, so technically, if something is like 300 bucks in 1995, roughly it, it doubles at this point. So we're looking at almost $600. So... You know, for some of the work I know on different cars I've had, for some of them, you know, that can that can be a hard pill to swallow. But, you know, it's one of those like, well, that's what you have to do to, get, to keep it on the road and keep it safe. So mm -hmm. it's not, I guess, that unreasonable potentially, especially depending on what the damage is and what they actually have to do to keep the bike safe. Mm -hmm. So because if, yeah. if nothing was truly damaged, damage it could be like framing or something else like that, that like a wheel could be just off or whatever. But like none of the actual like parts that make the bike go mm -hmm. are damaged then i guess technically that is not too unreasonable yeah i mean we could be talking about some scuffing maybe a broken strut or you know a bent uh a, a bent tire frame you know just it could be something that looks a lot worse than it actually is and uncle mike works on enough bikes that he can look at it and say okay yeah that'll take me like two hours and I got the parts right here in the shop. I can just right. I mean, I say it's believable. Nineteen ninety-five. He's right. He's I cutting mean, and, the guy. And technically, deal. too, if we think about it, like if this is a standard Harley, like it doesn't mention this episode, but next episode it mentions it. You know, potentially he has a guy who can get parts for cheap, or you know, let's just say it fell off the back of a truck. If you know what I mean. <laughs> um, Mm -hmm. So it's not that unreasonable for some of the stuff, I guess. So if it's, maybe it's not like a lot of stuff they have to order. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, not so much episodes got episode. 
I'll, I'll buy it. I'll be. Let, yeah, let's yeah. just say that we believe it. <laughs> I'll believe it. I'll buy that for a dollar. So right. we'll, we'll transition to uh, Eric and Jason uh, coming into lunch. It was brutal. Yeah, at least it was multiple choice. Oh, come on. It was a Feeney test. Each question gives you 11 choices. <laughs> hey, what'd you pick for that crusade question? R? R? <laughs> Shoot, I went with V. <laughs> Left half the test blank. Oh, that could hurt you. Yeah. Should have just taken the answers when Tori offered them to me. <laughs> Gee, that was the end of a very good story. Perhaps you'd like to tell me the rest? <laughs> I didn't take the answers because it would have been cheating. Yeah. <laughs> she wanted something from me in exchange. What? Me. <laughs> Now, I will say, I have done tests before where, like, I've had, like, almost all the answers and then a couple of extra answers. And they're like, hey, all of the answers are right here at the front. You have to figure out where they go. Mm -hmm. So those tests aren't bad. (laughs) I've never seen a 11 choice multiple (laughs) choice before, but, you know. Yeah, I think the most options I've had on a multiple choice for maybe six. I don't think I've had yeah. any more than that. <laughs> but those are like, is it A, B, C, D, all the above, or is it A and just B? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not usually like, yeah. Mr. Feeney just, I think Mr. Feeney loves to create tests a little too much. <laughs> Potentially. But he hasn't changed it all year or from last year, apparently. Yeah, because apparently he would believe that that Eric could could have bought answers off of last year. <laughs> yeah. But again, this comes back to my head canon. Just because they say it's seventh grade doesn't mean it's actually happening when Corey's in seventh grade. It's two years of Corey being in middle school that he's taking cherry picking stories from. Mm-hmm. There you go. So we have this lovely interaction between Eric and Jason where Eric fills Jason in and Mr. Feeney stops by to break it up because for some morbid reason he wanted to check on on their progress. Jason got a B and he's so excited until Mr. Feeney informs him that now that he has his B, he expects nothing less from him for the rest of his career. You know, I take the joy out of everything. (laughs) Eric, on the other hand, managed to get an A minus, despite leaving half the test blank. We know that Tori cheated for Eric, Mm -hmm. but I don't think she cheated for Jason. No, I think Jason legitimately did the work and got his B. I think Tori's I think Tori's tutoring for him worked. Yeah. You mean made it actually professional and said this is what you're going to do or else? Yes, I think Mistress Tori actually did the work and did well with Jason. I think she's Mm -hmm. a very apt, a very, very good tutor when she's actually being a tutor. But uh, yeah, yeah. so Eric finds Tori and discovers that she really does not have him uh, have much respect for him in the area of intelligence that he she effectively just views him as just another pretty face and that he shouldn't waste his time on 
trying to improve his intelligence because he has other things going for himself, his looks. Yeah, I don't like this part. Yeah. And of course, they, they go with the joke of, I'm not a bimbo. And he walks into the girl's bathroom and walks out and says, how come you guys get a couch? It's an interesting turn on the traditional roles of looking down on a girl because and questioning her ability to be intelligent because she's she's pretty and it's it's not something that eric is used to because he doesn't usually put a lot of stock in his intelligence he's he's all right with being a pretty face but the one time he wants to be proving himself to be smart and not to anyone but just to himself the one person he put his trust in to help him prove that he can be smart is the one person who's undercutting all of that. You can tell that he wants to do good. Mm -hmm. He does want to be able to look in the mirror and say, I did accomplish this. And the fact that she took that away from him immediately soured him mm -hmm. and made her not be able to be trustworthy. Yep. But of course we go to, uh, uncle Mike's, uh, shop yep and where the, the bike is brand new looking it is and uh hey you sure it's not it's, it's sure it's my bike yeah check out your serial number it's filed off i did that for you <laughs> yeah i'm pretty okay. sure that's illegal but uh, oh it's very illegal <laughs> <laughs> so uncle mike hands mr turner his bill and uh it's quite high there's like 1600 hours of labor on there yeah it oh. felt like it <laughs> and there's the there's this lovely just five seconds of interaction here i wanted to share maybe you'd like to take it up with our complaint department i would <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> Which gets so Sean good. coming out. It's, yeah, this is the point where Sean comes out and discovers that uh, that Uncle Mike's taken Mister Turner for a ride, and Sean stares him down. Despite the fact that Sean pretty much looks eye to eye with Uncle Mike's belly button, he stares him down, and Uncle Mike backs off. My brother's son. All right. Uh, suddenly, I'm a man of my word. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> they go ahead. It's $300. Deal is done. And uh, we find out Uncle Mike is actually Chet's brother. He is Sean's uncle on his dad's side. Yeah. And we still haven't met Chet. We have met Sean's uncle <laughs> before we meet his dad. <laughs> yeah. But when we finally meet Chet Hunter, it's worth it. Oh, it is worth the wait. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we transition to the Matthews kitchen Eric is, is trying to study. There's For some reason, there is another exam right on the tail end, or just right a, immediately after this last one. But I, there's this moment with... Say, this... this, this so, <laughs> head can for this episode is this, this, hap, this story is happening Across you know, a couple, the wide at least range. a week or two apart from each other. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. there's no way you would have these tests so close to each other you just know even feeney wouldn't do that <laughs> no but this moment between eric and alan it's brief but i like it he's actually sitting at a table reading a book 
Where's the girl? <laughs> there are no girls. There are never any girls. You know, there are no babes in all of history. You know what they do when they finally find one? They burn her at the stake. <laughs> Proud of you. I gotta go. I got a girl. And it's that moment where Alan, he jokes with Eric, but he lets him know, I'm proud of you. He sees that Eric is doing the work, that he is working on bringing up his grace. He's working on not just goofing off and being lazy. He's trying. Mm -hmm. He's seeing and putting in the effort. He's proud of him. He wants him to know that. I know a lot of times that I, as much as I talk, I don't always use the words when I need to. And so yep. there's a lot of times where I will need to put in that extra effort to make sure that my kids know that I'm proud of them and the effort that they put in. And so it's a good reminder to see another dad do that. Yeah. And then Eric decides to call Tori and see if she can give him a little bit of uh, help focusing on studying because it's going to be a killer test. Once again, she undercuts him. She doesn't think that he has it in him to do well. She just gives me yeah. answers instead. You don't have to use them. Just take them down. It's just in case. Yeah. Again, though, like that's just. It is a not okay, and b and the bigger thing is that she does not believe in him for a moment. Yeah. So things would be different if Linda was around. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. If Linda was around. Then Tori would not have a shot with Eric, and she'd have to be a real tutor with him. Wouldn't that have been an interesting episode, Eric having to <laughs> choose between two girls? Oh, that'd be fantastic. That would be fantastic. <laughs> so Eric winds up cheating on the test the next day. Um, yep. Comes home. Alan and Amy are proud of him and give him a new backpack, lots of praise. And he is just filled with so much remorse that he goes back to the school and back to Mr. Feeney's office and confesses to cheating. Yep. Doesn't want to give up who gave him the answers, but he has to tell him who because, you know, if Mr. Feeney punishes two people, he gets a bonus at the end of the week. <laughs> it's that little sass he gives <laughs> that just is perfect. It's great. And, of course, Eric, he wants to know why. And Eric tells him it's because he saw the the Europe trip slipping away. But Mr. Feeney sees through that, and he tells him that's superficial. He wants to know the deeper reason behind why he cheated. And I love that Mr. Feeney sees that, and he wants to push for that. He wants Eric to be honest with himself. Yeah. Well... Eric is scared to put himself out there. Mm -hmm. There's no way around it. And this was a scary opportunity for him to try better. Mm -hmm. And he failed. Yeah. And Eric does share. He, he shares that he doesn't, he, he just doesn't really care about history. And Mr. Feeney, I, I clipped a little bit here about Mr. Feeney's retort. The only thing that limits you, Mr. Matthews, is your laziness. I mean, you're just looking for an excuse to never get the grades that I know you're capable of getting. I'm not capable. And they're just grades. Just grades? Oh, well. I mean, it's just Europe. And they're just girls. And it's just a beach. Unless you happen to know that on that beach, in June of 1944, 150,000 troops landed and began the liberation of Europe. 
so that 50 years later, those girls could run around on that beach in freedom. When I say sassy Feeney is one of my favorites, but passionate Feeney is also right up there, too. Yeah. Especially when he's being passionate about one of his students. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's 100% giving truth bombs to Eric. Mm-hmm. And I love how he's making it clear of this is why this is important. And if you're paying attention, then you would know it's more than just about pretty girls in bikinis. It's about what actually occurred there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honoring and, that. And it's not it's not important to get the grade. It's important because of what happened. It's important yeah. to know that and to internalize it. And so Tori stops in and she winds up inadvertently confessing to being Eric's accomplice in the cheating. Yeah, this is another. Okay, let's just say it's a 90s has to 90s because this is always how <laughs> TV shows would go. A person would get confronted and then they would, they would how you could know, you do that? tell on themselves somehow. And yeah, it, it's a little clean, but yeah. <laughs> and so. But it does open the door to another great Mr. Feeney moment. You see no potential in him as a student? I just don't think he's the student type. I see. And are you the teacher type? Or the type that just writes people off? It doesn't mean that I didn't like you. Well, you certainly don't respect him. Well, this is what I get for selecting a pretty girl to be a teaching assistant. Excuse me? Oh, you resent that? Hmm? Because growing up with a pretty face, you had to work twice as hard to be taken seriously. I should think you, more than most, would want to help this young man have his chance of being taken seriously. Are you firing me, Mr. Feeney? Did you learn something today, Miss Hart? Yes, sir, I did. Well, then you can go. There's so much to love about that moment. Yeah. No, uh, it's it shows that Feeney is a good teacher. And it's not just about grades to him. It's about you becoming a better person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a great moment. Yeah, and... He is willing to let someone take what they learn in a moment and continue on learning. Mm-hmm. I wonder if either one of them, I wonder if Tori got detention. <laughs> well, maybe. But we get to the uh, end, Brett. Yes, yes. Back in Corey's bedroom in an eagle shirt. And uh, the mystery is solved. Corey was not making out with another girl. He was sneezed on by Steve Nelson. But Corey fights Nelson. this. <laughs> Corey fights this. Oh, it was right about the time that I was making out with Jennifer Connors. And uh, I don't usually do this, but I clip part of this. So we'll end with uh, what I clipped on the tag. You're a pig. <laughs> you only say that because you like me. Oh, you think so, huh? Yeah, I do. And do you like me? Only if you tell me if you like me. Why should I tell you that? Because if you tell me how you feel about me, then I'll tell you how I feel about you. Okay. Okay, I like you. You know I like you. Now you like me or what? Okay. 
The way I feel about you. Come closer. The way I feel about you is... is... Corey? Corey? I hate you! Well, I think I handled that pretty well. Yeah, no, Corey. No, you didn't. Ah, uh, the seventh grade love. <laughs> yeah, middle school love. Yes, middle school feelings and emotions. It gets a little bit more mature next week, next year. <laughs> it does, yes. But that is the episode of By Hook or By Crook. So, Tyler, do you have any deep dives for us? People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? All righty. So let's start off with traveling through Europe. Now, I don't have the answers on like how old you have to be to travel all by yourself, but I'm just going to say like this. If you're not an actual adult, you should not be traveling crazily around different countries. Let's just have that as a standard. So roughly... Each day, like staying, like backpacking through different hostels and whatnot, you're looking like $75 to $125 per day for where you're going to sleep at night. That's in Western Europe. That's like where most of the big ones are. Spain, France, used to be uh, UK, Italy, Germany, all those places. And then in Eastern Europe, it's like $40 to $90. Now, I will say that Eastern Europe is a little bit more on the crazier side than western so be advised now there is differences of like where you may stay as far as what you may pay not huge differences in all honesty like london to paris is almost the same like five dollars difference of 35 dollars to 85 dollars Dublin the same as paris amsterdam 35 65 berlin is like 23 to 45 Budapest, 18 to 40. So all these are somewhere around like the teens to 30s-ish to a wide variety. Let's go with mono, shall we? Infectious mononucleus, also called mono, is a contagious disease, Espinbar virus, EB, most common cause of infections, infectious mono nucleus but other viruses can also cause this disease it is common among teenagers and young adults especially college students uh, at least one of four teenagers and young adults who get infected with eb will develop infectious well the mono mono is what it is gosh i'm reading from a actual like doctors wrote these things some symptoms include uh, extreme fatigue fever sore throat head and body aches swollen lymph node in the neck and armpit swollen liver and spleen or both rash typically these viruses spread amongst commonly through bloody and fluids especially saliva however these viruses can be spread through blood semen during something that parents do together blood transfusion organ uh, transplant Basically, the only way to fight this disease is drinking fluid and stay hydrated, getting plenty of rest, and taking over-the-counter medication for the pain and fever. And never kissing again. Yep, and you can't kiss ever again. 
basically looking at pricing and sometimes how people take advantage of people that have had bikes for not that long places such as what uh uncle mike's you know could probably be called for for doing some of these things but annual servicing for bikes is like 4000 miles to about 20000 miles so every like every five months or so essentially motorcycle maintenance will cost around uh 1000 and sometimes there's additional charges as well based on what your requirements are whenever you take them in for things like inspections basically from a rough range of 800 to 1500 is what someone could be paying per year-ish on bike maintenance cheating why do we do it brett I don't understand. So cheating refers to uh, using various types of materials, information, or devices that are not allowed uh, when completing an academic task. It can include communicating or test takers uh, without the consent of the proctor, using a fern for searching for information on the internet, etc. In the 1940s, only 20% of college students admitted to cheating. Nowadays, we're looking at about 75 to 98% of students who uh, have done some form of cheating in the past. Now, some reasons for cheating. Uh, lack of time or t- poor time management. Uh, fear of failure. Anxiety about grades. Desire to help classmates. Academic overload. Stress, etc. So, 95% of cheaters don't get caught which is fascinating now i will tell you i've now i've shared the story before but i cheated on a quiz once and no one knew i did it besides myself and so i think this is mostly what's saying is like hey a lot of people have done some form of cheating and it really just comes down to that person and their understanding of what it means to cheat Uh, Last but not least, Brett, concern came up on whether or not it is easy or difficult to be good looking and people taking people serious. Five disadvantages of being beautiful. Beautiful people are less likely to be hired sometimes. Essentially, what that's just saying is that sometimes people who are good looking are not trusted like those that are not as good looking. And people don't just want to give a job to someone with a pretty face. They want to make sure that that person knows what they're talking about and is ready for that. Another is disadvantage of being beautiful. Beauty is beastly, basically just referring to the fact of uh, how wild people will get in order to be appreciated and noticed. So for example, as a beautiful woman may be at a disadvantage when applying for a job which is associated with masculinity, like a prison guard or a machine engineer. Pretty are perceived as less talented. Basically just saying that, hey, there's a perception that if you have talents that are not academically sound, who cares? Our next one is lucky to be pretty. If beautiful people are stressful, it is because of their talent or it's just uh, their looks. And last but not least is social rejection. That's a thing that people need to understand is that even if you are someone who is beautiful, like you and I are, Brett, and uh, so many of our listeners are. Thank you for um, noticing. Sometimes it may come up that, uh, you know, 
you you still aren't accepted for who you are and that is something that can definitely mess with you you know if you're like me and have a good tendency of being able to predict what people are going to say exactly what they're going to say then it's understandable when you don't really want to uh, go to those people i got another thing but i'm gonna save that for a different day so those are the deep dives all right You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? So what did we learn today? I'll go first. I usually make you go first. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go with with the uh, good standby of don't sell yourself short when other people sell you short. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to follow it up with don't allow your comfort and your, and your laziness to limit your potential. You know, don't, don't get so, don't get so, so easy and comfortable in your own, you know, we call it resting on your laurels and it's an old Mm -hmm. expression, but don't get so comfortable doing what you've always done that you forget to reach beyond that, that you were made to be able to do more than just exist. Mm-hmm. What about you, Tyler? Uh, I learned it wasn't that outrageous for someone in the nineties. It's been about 300 bucks to, uh, get their bike up and running again. <laughs> hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, for a more serious answer, I would say that it's just reinforcing that, uh, importance of being honest with yourself and, and making sure you value you because if you don't do that then you're going to hurt yourself trying to do things for other people mm-hmm. all right so i'm right no you're exactly right so am i done with my education can i go so what would you grade by hook or by crook I mean, this is a great episode, and I really enjoyed it. This is probably the weakest of all of the Eric-centric episodes, so I'm going to have to go with, like, a B plus. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give it uh, – I'm going to give it an A. Um, nice. I could work through a lot of the episodes going to episode stuff. I think the hardest one for me to get through is that whole Europe trip being the end-all, be-all. I think yeah, it needed to be something that's else. that's a really hard pill to swallow. A lot of the other stuff I can I can work through and head cannon and stuff, but the yep. the heart of the episode is is gold. Um, you know I, mm-hmm. I can't I can't speak ill of any of it. Yeah. So good looking people, I've got a dad joke for you. Hit me, then we go to bed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, since you're tired, I asked my smartphone what to do when I feel sleepy in the middle of the day. It turns out there's an app for that. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. So good looking people. That is the end for us for today. As always, you can reach out to us through our social media channels at Dad's Meat World. You can also drop us an email at dadsmeatworld at gmail.com and check us out on YouTube at Dad's Meat World. Yes, check us out. 
check out the things. Let's get more comments. That's right. Comments, messages, and uh, hey, reviews. That's right. Reviews. We love five-star reviews. Right now, I gave us a five-star review. <laughs> and we'd love for more because that lets more people find us yep. and share us around on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and whatnot. We love when people do that for us because it lets more people yes. find us. We'd love to have more people find us. Exactly. Yeah. We want to spread the, the love of Boy Meets World. And it's also nice when people talk about us, too. We're not egotistical. We just like to spread the love. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Spread the love. All right. Send us things. So until next time, good looking. I'll see you. Bye, good looking. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios. Tell your story. That's good. <laughs> wow. I cannot tell you how many times I closed my eyes during this record. <laughs> you are beat. <laughs> yeah, I I can feel it. I just like I'm don't know why I'm so exhausted. I just am. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a fun year for sure. That's one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will say that I was thinking about the whole, um, us, okay, stop trying to talk while you're putting in a passcode. Now, we know that, um, oh, blank, gosh, I'm blanking on her name right now, why, Tori. We know that, sorry, <laughs> try that again. <laughs> we know actual, like, doctors wrote these things. So some symptoms. Huh. <sighs> Wow, I am feeling the mode right now. <laughs> I can feel myself crashing. <laughs> Not in a good way. Hello, uh, I'm coming to you now because uh, you may have realized that I didn't talk a whole lot in the last little bit of this episode. And that is because as we were recording, I was starting to fall asleep. I was on the couch, and uh, I've had a tendency to fall asleep on the couch and get really comfortable and cozy. I think I had the cat on the lap at the time, so yeah, kind of fell asleep just a little bit. Uh, I do apologize for that. I hope you enjoyed uh, the rest of the episode, and uh, we were lively and engaged. Um, thank you for Brett for carrying a good amount of that part of the episode. Um, I promise this won't happen again, and uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful week. So much love, and thank you so much. Bye.